Hi everyone, this is Laura Thompson from the Laguna Niguel Ward. This is the Come Follow Me Laguna Niguel Edition podcast, first episode. This week we are covering Matthew 1 and Luke 1, and we have some wonderful comments from members of our ward. We have Laura Hawkins, Antonio Miranda, Hannah Iyer, Kristen Hellowell, Barbie Miranda, Brooke Reynolds, and Angie Stowe. The verse that stood out to me from this week's reading was Luke 1, verse 38. And this was Mary's response when the angel Gabriel told her that she would bear the Savior of the world. So Mary humbly responds, Father, behold thy handmaid, be it unto me according to thy will. And her response has made me think about the principle of consecration. And I was reminded of a quote by Elder Maxwell, um, and he says, We tend to think of consecration only as yielding up, when divinely directed, our material possessions. But ultimate consecration is the yielding up of oneself to God. Uh, And then tagging off of that, I really like the thoughts of um, Adam Miller, who's an LDS philosopher, and um, on consecration, he says, when we promise to live the law of consecration, we promise to dedicate all our time, talents, and resources to the work of building the kingdom of God. In other words, we promise to take everything we've been given and of our own free will, hand it back wholesale to God. The law of consecration is an open hand. It's a certain way of receiving with open hands what God gives and returning with open hands all of the same. It's a way of saying yes rather than no to the cost of life. And I just love that principle of being willing to do whatever is asked of us by the Lord, yielding up ourselves to the work of the Lord. So when Mary is tasked with being the mother of the Savior of the world, I just love her humble and faithful acceptance of that responsibility. And that's the attitude I want to have when the Lord asks anything of me, especially when it's a challenge or a responsibility that seems above my capacity. I want to humbly and faithfully say yes. Hi, my name is Antonio Miranda. Today I would like to share your scripture and what it means to me. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Luke 1, 37. That scripture, to me, it's very meaningful. You know, sometimes people or yourself says that's impossible. Well, with the Lord, nothing can be impossible. And I know that because... I have done some stuff that I could have thought was impossible, but the Lord really helped me through the times. Thank you. Waiting for a blessing is probably one of the hardest things for me. I am naturally impatient, and I think that's at least a little true for all of us. I'm sure Elizabeth and Zacharias struggled um, in waiting for a child for so long, and that the Jews struggled in waiting for a Messiah to come as had been prophesied. I experienced waiting um, for a mission call. I submitted my papers right when I, right before I turned 19, and I didn't get a call for six weeks. And then when President Evanson reached out to the missionary department, they told me that because of things on my application, because of some health concerns, I would need to wait for an additional six months before I could reapply for a mission. And that waiting was super hard, but I know that the Lord richly blessed me for that experience of waiting. While I was on my mission in Washington, 
I had the privilege of watching the April 2021 conference while I was in my training. And this was probably the first time I was actually listening intently to what the prophet and apostles were saying. While listening to M. Russell Ballard's talk, Hope in Christ, the Spirit taught me that all of my waiting had really been worthwhile. In his talk, he says that waiting upon the Lord implies continued obedience and spiritual progress toward him. Waiting upon the Lord does not imply biding one's time. You should never feel like you are in a waiting room. Waiting upon the Lord implies action. I have learned over the years that our hope in Christ increases when we serve others. Serving as Jesus served, we naturally increase our hope in him. And I found that when I treated waiting throughout my mission, and I'd reflected on my waiting from before, when I treated it as an action rather than rather than just waiting it out and hoping that eventually something would happen, I found so much more joy in everything I was doing. And I found that um, in what it says in 2 Nephi 6.13 really was true, that the people of the Lord are they who wait for him, for they shall still wait for the coming of the Messiah. Hi, this is Kristen Hallowell. I am going to submit to the podcast this week on the beginning of Matthew. Um, I wanted to talk about the fearful aspect, the fear where the angels came um, to Joseph and Zacharias and Mary. The angel came to Joseph and told him, fear not to take Mary to wife. Basically, she told you the truth and he was afraid and he needed reassurance and he needed that because he must have thought that he would be judged by others. And then Zacharias was told to fear not, your prayer is heard. They kind of felt that they had been forgotten and they were, he was encouraged to hold on that he wasn't forgotten. And in my life, I think I can hold on. I'm not forgotten if I get impatient. Mary was told, fear not, you have found favor with the Lord. And I asked myself, have I found favor with the Lord? And I answer, yes, I've been told this in blessings and the Holy Spirit has told me this. And so when I read it, I ask myself, how do I continue to find favor with the Lord? Um, a song came to mind when I was reading this um, about fear not, though the enemy deride courage for the Lord is on our side. The opposite of having fear is having courage and God wants us to have courage. Um, we will heed not what the wicked will say, but the Lord alone we will obey. Um, and the beginning of the song, if we do what's right, we have no need to fear for the Lord, our helper will ever be near. The Lord is our helper. In the days of trial, his saints, he will cheer and prosper the cause of truth. So basically studying this section about not fearing really gives me strength to not fear anything. And there's a lot of things to fear these days. So thank you. Hello, this is Barbie Miranda. I'm so excited for this idea. Laura, what a wonderful way for our ward to connect and share more ideas and things that we learn in Come Follow Me. I'm really excited about it because uh, this is our fourth year in Come Follow Me and it's the New Testament. 
and I feel that each time I've gotten more out of my personal scripture study because of the way the Come Follow Me manual is written, the questions it asks, and the insights it brings. And so I really look forward to hearing more from families, youth, and children. Um, there's two questions that stood out to me this week in the lesson as we jump into the first part of the New Testament. And those two questions were, what do you feel the Lord expects of you while you wait? I mean, at first, of course, I thought of the many trials I've had in my life, and it's in all ages that I've had as a youth or as a young adult or as a mother. Um, there's always a moment of waiting for either to either getting through your trial or waiting for an answer to a prayer. And a lot of times I always looked at that as what can I learn? Um, I must need more patience, I think is my first thought, <laughs> or greater faith as I'm going through these experiences. But this time around, I had a deeper feeling and sense of when it says, what does the Lord expect of you? I've recently been thinking of certain trials in my life as I can do this because of what the Lord has taught me. And that's really changed my experience to a different level. And I think this happened a while ago as I was searching some revelation as a mother that I really gained this quiet, tender prompting or revelation of, you can do this because I trust you. And it, it really changed my perspective in the sense of trials and even when I wait for prayers to be answered because, again, a lot of times I used to ask myself, well, what do I need to learn? But this time I've asked myself, what have I learned that the Lord has taught me or given me to be able to get through this trial or to be able to find the answer to this question or a question? And it also led right to what the next question is in the lesson about what do you learn from Mary about accepting God's will? And I think Mary is such a beautiful example. Even in her finding out of the, the blessing she was receiving from this child and the Lord and from Heavenly Father, at the same time, she was troubled by it. And, you know, there are very few words in the New Testament that describe Mary's feelings, and I think they're very powerful. But... Uh, with that being said, she felt as most of us would in a trial or when the Lord asks us to do something or we're uncertain or maybe even have doubt. But I've come to learn that, that the questions we have aren't doubt, but they're questions that actually bring us insight and strength. And I feel when she asked, how shall it be, that it was similar to my seeking as a mother, like, how do I do this? How can I get through something? And to have the reassurance that, you know, that she can do anything and nothing's impossible when it's with the Lord is a testimony to me again, that she'd been prepared her whole life for such an experience. And that if anything seems impossible now, you know, that it's not because of her faith in the Lord. I think it's so beautiful. And she's such a tender example of that. I really look forward to diving into the New Testament more and getting to know each of the disciples and people in the Lord's life just as much as growing closer to the Savior by reading the New Testament because to see how they respond and their interactions with the Lord um, strengthen mine at the same time.
I love the story of Elizabeth and Mary, and I love that they knew each other. Um, we don't know exactly how they were related, but we know they may have been cousins or maybe um, an aunt and a niece. Who knows what their relationship was? So when I think about this story, I think about um, like an older aunt that I have who, um, you know, is is older in years and far past childbearing age and maybe never had the chance to have kids for whatever reason, um, but has always been faithful and um, her and her husband do their best to serve and to you know, be righteous in their callings and serve in the temple and do their work the best they can. And then she announces that she's pregnant. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what that would be like. Um, it truly was a miracle. And then a few months later, Mary, who is a young child, you know, I guess not a child, a young woman, um, I think of a 16-year-old girl, um, like my own daughter, announcing that she's pregnant, you know, even though she's never known a man. Um, again, another total miraculous thing, and I can't imagine that happening in the same family at the same time. So what would it have been like for the other people in that family to hear these two stories? And for Mary and Elizabeth, that moment when they see each other um, and they greet each other with such warmth and love. Um, I was looking around and I found this painting by Carl Block and it is so um, beautiful to see Elizabeth. So thrilled to see Mary. Um, and I think it says Mary stayed with Elizabeth. Um, so they spent part of their pregnancies together um, probably just wondering what was going to happen next um, and so excited to be a part of, of all that was going to unfold. I wonder how much they knew at that moment. Um, I know they both knew they were carrying um, two very special babies. But I actually love this part of the New Testament, and I love that this is where the story starts. When Gretchen was set apart as a missionary, she was promised miracles in her immediate family as a result of her willingness to serve. We really need those miracles and have been trying to figure out what we can do to help them along. We've made seeking miracles a family goal for the next year. One of the questions Laura asked us was, what do we do while we wait for blessings? One idea that we came up with was to be diligent at recording the small and big miracles and recording them as a family to remind us of God's willingness to bless us every day. One of the thoughts that I've had as I've thought about the lesson this week is uh, I've been looking at it from the perspective of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Um, I, I, I think that... Uh, there's lessons in their lives and in the lives of just mortality that uh, are beneficial to us. We we read in uh, Luke that both Zacharias and Elizabeth were 
very obedient. They were blameless. It appears that they had served God all their lives, and I suspect because they were childless, they probably wanted a child very badly, and it just didn't happen. And so that did not keep them from continuing to serve God. But I wonder if, uh, because Zacharias did not, uh, maybe with his age, maybe he just started to lose a little bit of the spark of hope uh, that things could happen. Because when the angel came and said, you're going to have a son, uh, his first reaction was disbelief. And I think it's easy for us to sometimes just go through the motions of doing what we should do and and not having the the hope and the joy of what we are blessed with and what we do have. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about is something that President Nelson had said uh, about age and aging. And this was... Uh, insightful to me the way he described it. He, he's, this was many years ago. He talked about how our bodies have the gift of healing itself. If we break bones or if we get sick, we can heal. But then he also said, even though our Creator endowed us with this incredible power, He consigned a counterbalancing gift to our bodies. It is the blessing of aging, with visible reminders that we are mortal beings destined one day to leave this frail existence. Um, so, I think one of the lessons in all of this is that we don't know how life is going to turn out exactly, but I think one of the keys is to have gratitude for the place in life that we're in and for what God gives us, even the gift of aging. The gift of knowing that uh, as we age and we learn that we are designed and the plan is for us to return back to our Father in Heaven. And then if blessings come along the way where the Lord wants us to use us, such as in the case of Elizabeth and Zacharias, that we should keep our hearts and our minds open to opportunities because uh, as they were obedient, blessings came and we should embrace every opportunity that we have even while life happens. So I hope that's helpful in some way. Thank you so much for listening to the first podcast of Come Follow Me Laguna Niguel Edition. These insights have been incredible and show just how awesome our word is. Thank you so much for those who contributed. And please know that I would love to welcome any contributions for future episodes. So I'll be booking you guys again in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much.